welcome to another episode of the Turd Ferguson Report with our conversations with coaches in the 2019 season. Today we stay local to where we record from and go to Sequoia High School to talk with Coach James Teeter, the coach of the Sequoia Chiefs. Coach Teeter, how are you today? I'm doing great. I appreciate you calling me. Thanks so much, Coach, for joining us. Coach, You, uh, we, we had you uh, a couple of times last year on the podcast, and we're excited to have you back this year. Coach, you're uh, getting started in earnest. I would I would imagine at this point uh, as we as we ra- get get ready to finish the month of July. Uh, but what do you do in the off season? That, uh, anything you and your staff do to kind of re- get maybe get away from football or refresh? Um, <laughs> there's no getting away from it. <laughs> um, I wish there were. I don't remember last time I took a vacation, but you know we do. You know, the dead week's probably our biggest time of getting away and trying to not do anything. But other than the dead week, we're pretty much into it the whole time. We, uh, you know, from June to through July, we're working out in the mornings and for a couple hours. And then we go hour and a half, two hours out on the field and do some practice stuff. And then we hit the seven-on-seven circuit. Even though we don't throw a whole lot, we still do that so we can put most of our passing game in. And then also we went to two contact camps. So it, it's a lot of uh, going ahead and trying to get things installed so that when we get to the first day of practice on July 25th, things go in a lot faster because kids have already heard it and understand it. And then it's just a lot of repetition, a lot of meeting with coaches and making sure we're all on the same page as far as what we'll do against the different people we play and different things we'll see. Coach, uh, you had a, uh, a you've been to the playoffs. I believe that the six of the last seven years you've taken your team to the playoffs. Last season, uh, tied a school record, making it to the quarterfinals uh, in a, a hard fought game against the uh, uh, Northside Warner Robins uh, Eagles. Uh, what was a key to your success last season? Um, I would say it was probably our senior class. We had a a very good senior class that had a lot of really good leaders in it. Um, And from the day they walked into Sequoia, they just kind of had an it factor about them. And you just kind of knew they were different. And you knew that somehow, someway, they were going to be successful. And as each year passed, we got better. And it just kind of all came together and, and worked last year. And it was really contributed to those kids and how they handled everything from off-season workouts to off-season practice to getting to practice. And, you know, even the, the ups and downs of the tough, hard-fought uh, loss to Creekview and how to handle that, how to bounce back after we lost a, a heartbreaker to Harrison and still fight their way through it. And I think through all that, what they went through in the summer and what they went through with those games led to being able to handle what we faced in the playoffs. Coach, you talked about offseason with the, the leadership in that senior class last season. How has that gone this, this season? Uh, uh, I know you mentioned the padded camps and the seven-on-seven and, and working on your installs, but what's the, what's the most important of the summer for, your, uh, for you guys in terms of missing that big senior class? Um, as far as the, the class we have now, I think they are following in those footsteps. I think they saw – what that class 
went through and how they handled their business. And it's kind of been status quo here. And I thought they've done a really good job of it. Are there some things they need to work on? Yes, because they, they can't be last year's class. They do have to form their own identity. Um, but with that class, uh, this current group of whole, the whole team here, we have got to, you know, we got to fill a lot of holes for the first time. We've had some classes that's had a large senior group in it, but for the first time in a long time, last year's senior class had a lot of kids that played that were seniors. So we have spent the majority of the off season trying to find people to fill holes, also trying to find people uh, to help build depth. Because if we're missing anything, we're probably missing some depth from last year. And so we really had to find some people to, to spot play. So if a you know, certain team member gets dinged up or whatever, we can still get him in, somebody in and not fall off too far. But also if somebody's got to go both ways and we've got to give them a break, they can handle it. But it's a, this class has been really good like last year. They have handled everything really well. And they've accepted some change in things, what we do and how – and they've learned really well how to handle things and handle situations. And I think what you're allowed to do in Georgia with the team camps and the different things you can do and go out and practice, I think that's helped them learn how to handle those situations. What are you looking for most in the 2019 season? Um, probably like everybody, we're looking to, to get off to a good start. But we just we got to see that we have the, the chemistry kind of like we did last year. We've got to be able to – to start games and be able to finish them and show that we we're on the right track um, because people will see we'll probably won't be as flashy as we were a year ago because we probably don't have the same speed we're not as big in certain areas as we were a year ago but um, we do have a lot of good things coming back as far as things we can do and it's just going to how do they play together we'll probably have more people going both ways and what we've had in a long time. And it's it's going to be interesting how they can handle those and how they, you know, every year you want to find out what kind of adversity kids can handle and can't handle. So how well we do with those things will be very, very important. Coach, I think you alluded to this earlier, and and I don't want you don't have to dwell on this too much longer. But in in terms of challenges, I think you you kind of alluded to it. You know, you look down your your offensive line, and I, I believe you return your three interior linemen. But there's no uh, big, uh, uh, no Haney and no Majid up there at, at the tackle spot. And you know, look in the backfield. There's no uh, Cole Jacobs or, or Collier Pate, and the list can go on and on. But outside of that, it, 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 is it is it depth and 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 kind of youth that that biggest challenge, the uh, biggest challenge you guys face this year. Yeah, they. You know, the thing when we tell people, when people have asked, we've told people we're really young, and they think we're young age-wise, and it's not. We're young experience-wise, and we're really trying to to find the kids that are going to be able to handle it because we've got so many kids that are fighting for those spots who either weren't a varsity player last year or didn't play much on varsity, so they don't know how to handle a, a game yet in last year's scrimmage we probably started probably six kids on both sides of the ball that didn't play varsity a year ago so the speed of the game how to handle the different uh things that are thrown at them they haven't been able to do that yet or be one of those situations that's why you know a year ago we only went one contact camp this summer we went to two because 
we wanted to try to throw them into the fire as much as we could before that scrimmage and before that first game against Cherokee. So, yeah, the the inexperience in the youth is, is a little bit of the, the dilemma right now, but it's also the, the exciting thing about it because you're kind of starting over some new players and seeing how they can do this. So there's some excitement to that. Coach, let's talk about the the 2019 edition of the Sequoia Chiefs. Who are some of the names to get familiar with, uh, both on offense and defense, and and maybe something that makes some of these guys stand out uh, in your opinion? Um, offensively, uh, Jaden Mitchell. Obviously, everybody has been really excited about him. He had a great game in the scrimmage against Woodstock and did some really good things. Um, and the, the good thing about Jaden, he's just a junior, so we got him back another year. And some of the things he showed last year, he's now built on and begot it. He's even better now than what he was a year ago. Um, Collier, or excuse me, Colin Kaprowski, um, I think can have a big year. People are going to look at us because we lost Collier and that that's going to be a big drop off. But Colin to me is just as good and does some things differently that Collier didn't do. And so I think he can be a, have a great year and with the things we can do with him. Um, offensive line-wise, the three interior, Connor Johnson, Wyatt Hampton, and Nick Balance. I, you know, we should expect big years out of them because they are people who have started 13 games on varsity and should be able to handle the situations. You know, obviously, Miles McGee at wideout can be one of the top ones in the state, um, and we need to take advantage of that. You know, we've got to see what's going to happen at wing. I think it's going to be a little bit more by committee um, than at on defense. I think Grant Gibson should have a huge year. He's now returning for really his third year. Um, he started everything last year. He started most of the season as a sophomore. I think Christian Kirby and Christian Hodgins could have big years also defensively. Um, Connor Johnson, who returns at defensive line i think he either made all county defense alignment last year or all area uh, but there's another big year for him if he, he things go well we do have some question marks of safety we've tried three or four different people throughout the summer and we've kind of locked in and moving Jaden back to one of those um miles locking him at corner i think has, has got a really good chance to have a big year on both sides of the ball and then, you know, a little bit of the challenges up front is who's the people that replace a kid like Spencer Clark because he was dominating up front. But I think those kids will, will, are looking to have a, a pretty good year. Coach, is there any one of those kids you haven't mentioned uh, that we weren't familiar with last season uh, that might be in for a breakout season? Well, I, I really think Colin Kaprowski will be the guy that everybody – how he goes, I think, is how we'll go. And he does some things different than Collier. Collier may have a little bit of a stronger arm, but Colin's a little bit better runner. And so it may allow us to do some things with him running the ball that we couldn't do with Collier. So I think he's the one that could really have a surprising year because I think everybody will look at losing Collier. We'll, we won't have the same offense. We won't be able to do some of the things. There's a lot of things we could do with uh, Collier last year that we hadn't done in the past. But Colin sat there and listened really well and paid attention. And he does all that just as well. But because he played fullback for us last year, he got in some contact and got he knows how the speed of the game is. And I think that stuff's really going to help him have a great year. 
on the phone with Coach Jim James Teeter, excuse me, the head coach of the Sequoia Chiefs. Coach Teeter, just a few more questions for you, and then we'll cut you loose. Uh, let's talk about your players off the field. Who are some of the guys in the community uh, in the classroom that are that are high performers or all stars in your opinion? Um, Christian Kirby. I think Christian does a good job within the program, but also outside of it. Um, Colin Komprowski is another one. Grant Gibson's uh, really good with how he handles himself in the classroom, on the field, uh, within the community. Um, Wyatt Hampton, I think, is another young man that's really good in those aspects. I'll probably give you those. Coach, as you as you look down your schedule this season, um, is there anything do you, you do you circle a game, or is there any game you guys are looking forward to the most, or is it just Week One against Cherokee? It, it'll it'll be a little cliche, but it's pretty much just we take it week by week, and we really do because we constantly tell the kids it's not really what everybody else does. As long as we can take care of our own business and do things the way we're supposed to, then we'll at least put ourselves in a chance that we situation where we have a chance to win the games um you know everybody's going to look at us and i think everybody will look at creekview we had such a great year and we both ironically lose a lot that everybody's going to think well it's just back to the big three again in dalton harrison and altoona and everybody else is fighting for fourth again um but i think there's some people that may step up and surprise you know one being us i think creekview will still be good and i think sprayberry's gonna be really good so i think I think it's really a lot more people than just the big three in the, in the region. But, you know, we, we kind of just take it week to week. And as long as we're running our schemes correctly, doing our things the way we're supposed to, then hopefully the outcome will come the way we want it and, and there's nothing else we can control in it. Coach, uh, are there any rule changes in the game that you would like to see? Um, no. But the one that worries me, and people are going to find this probably funny, is the 40-second clock worries me more than probably does anybody else because us being in a pounded, grinded-out offense that you know everybody thinks, well, the 40-second clock will help us because we can eat up that time. But to be honest with you, we're really used to eating up more time the old way because officials, you may have one group that's a little slower setting the ball and starting the clock and everything, but now – Really, we have started concentrating a lot on being able to get into in and out of the huddle so that we can see the things we need to see but still have ability to eat up some time but not get ourselves in trouble. So this 40-second clock has kind of got us scramble a little bit just to make sure we're, we're good with that because, in our opinion, we're used to having more like 55 seconds. Um, so, And that is some of the seven-on-sevens. You know, people are still complaining because we are just take our time and do what we do and um, – I think that's going to cause us to have to get used to some things. Coach, Most everything else I've read, what they changed, I, I don't think is, is that bad. Uh, just to, to re, uh, reiterate, and that that 40-second clock is fr- – that, that play clock starts at the end of the previous play, correct? Yeah, it's just like college or the NFL. Mm-hmm. As soon as he's down, the clock starts. And, again, we're used to them having to go over, get the ball – get it back up and get set. The officials make sure everybody's ready. Then they start the 25-second clock, which usually gives us more time than what most people get. So certainly a, something to uh, to take note of. And, and uh, you know, you get a scrimmage, and then, Coach, you guys don't uh, don't get started until the uh, end of August. Is that correct? 
Uh, we'll start. We'll see. We got the sixteenth, and then we play on the thirtieth. We play Cherokee on the thirtieth. So hopefully so we have a week off in between the scrimmage and the first game. So then hopefully you have a chance to maybe work out some of those kinks and also uh, get used to that uh, play clock in the scrimmage before the regular season gets kicked off. Yeah, no, that's that's why we like taking the week off in between. We can fix some of the things that we've done wrong. Coach, one last question for you, and once again, our thanks to Coach James Teeter, the head coach of the Sequoia Chiefs, who joins us uh, in 2019. Uh, coach, what message would you give the fans in Hickory Flat and the students around Sequoia High School about this year's team, if any? Uh, I would just tell them to, to come out and be optimistic because, again, I think a lot of people look at us because we lost so much that they think, well, it's going to be kind of – rebuilding and, and build it back up again. But I think they should be more optimistic about that and just be patient um, because it is going to take some of these guys a little bit of time to get used to things. But if it does come together, comes together the way we hope it does, it, it could be pretty exciting again. Best of luck to you this season, Coach, and uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. Our thanks again to Coach James Teeter, the head coach of the Sequoia Chiefs out of Canton, Georgia, in the Hickory Flat community. The Chiefs, again, as we mentioned, get their season started on August 30th against county rival Cherokee. The Chiefs play in Region 6, Class 6A. Please make sure to visit our sponsor for this segment of our conversation with coaches, Hill Strides. You can find them on Facebook at Hill Strides, that's H-I-L-S-T-R-I-D-E-S, or you can contact them by email at hillstrides at yahoo.com. Hillstrides, servicing the Hickory Flat and Macedonia area for all of your dog walking and pet sitting needs. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of the Turd Ferguson Report and our conversations with coaches. That's going to do it for us today. Don't forget, you can find us on the web at turdferguson.com. That's T-U-R-D-F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N.com. Or on Twitter at turdfergusonrpt. T-U-R-D-F-U-R-G-E-S-O-N-R-P-T. If you like what you're hearing, make sure you comment in our comment section or leave us a message on Twitter. Make it a great day, everybody.